Hey, it's your girl Jujubee. Welcome to my podcast where we talk about anything and everything. Make sure to follow me on my social media, Instagram, JBSU18, Snapchat, JBSU, and Twitter, at Perfect Flute. Now let's get started. Hey guys. Okay, so for this podcast, I'm going to talk a little about the five powerful entrepreneurial lessons from Henry Ford. Now, I'm not coming up with this by myself or anything on my own. Um, I will provide some examples of my life and try to, to apply it to these lessons. But really, I found this article on Forbes.com written by Luis E. Romero. And I thought it was a great way to inspire others to really just kind of take a look at themselves a bit if they're really wanting to contribute to society or to the community um, in a very positive way, uh, as well as making money and supporting their family, yada, yada, yada. Um, I'm not saying that's not important. I'm just saying that it's, it's good to learn uh, different lessons in life, right? So according to Romero, um, these I'm going to say some quotes. Um, I'm also going to say quotes from Henry Ford that are in this article. So I do not claim the rights to this information other than my own experiences that I will include um, within each lesson uh, as they come to mind. I'm not very prepared when it comes to these podcasts. Like I said, I more or less just kind of go with the flow a little bit. And here we are. So let's get to it. All right. Okay, so uh, according to Romero, um, Henry Ford, the founder of the American automaker Ford Motor Company, is widely recognized not only for his accomplishments, but for the way of thinking and leading. His legacy is filled with terrific quotes and memories, which collectively point toward a powerful philosophy of entrepreneurship. So the first lesson that Romero wants to emphasize is be so good at what you do that people think you invented it. (laughs) I know that's weird, but um, sometimes when you are so passionate about something, um, you tend to lead people thinking that you did come up with that idea. Okay. So if I were to say that, you know, I, you know, making these podcasts and all that. And if they were to get, um, so popular and all of that, maybe it might be thought of that, (sighs) that I created this particular app, right? Or because I, I am on it so much that I'm sponsoring it so much that I, I must have helped it, you know, go after it to making it happen. Right? No. Um, not at all. I started this podcast earlier this year. And so for me, if it were to get up to that, uh, that peak where I am with everyone else who are, uh, more popular then maybe, um, things might be good for me, you know? Uh, but I would never want anyone thinking that I invented anything just because I was passionate about work. Um, like if for work right now, I am creating a bunch of graphs and all of that, but I'm using software like Excel and the Google docs and all of that. So for me, I'm the youngest person there. And so it's bound to be thought of 
in that area that I would have um, created, you know, certain technology. <sighs> because they don't really understand. But that's just because I am the youngest one there, you know. But they do know software's out there for me to use. And they just don't know, like, oh, I can go to the extent of making news graphs and apply it to this information, you know. Uh, I don't really want to get into what I do for work right now just because I, I'm still pretty new at it and I don't want anyone really following me there or anything like that. But, quote, you go at your work with such strong spirit of passion and excellence that the kind of work you do becomes an extricable part of the market you serve. Uh, sorry, I um, was yawning and... <sighs> I can do it now. But anyways, people will come to perceive and define you as a pioneer in your work if you attend to that work with major presence and power. Um, do what you love, what ignites you most fervent and excited emotions. When you do so, you'll find that your love is contagious and the better you get at what you do, the more people will love that thing as well. So even if you don't get that recognition, that you wanted um, you can at least get the attention of those that actually are more um, interested in what you have to offer rather than um, those that are very critical over everything you know um, as long as you do what you love you will always maintain those individuals who love what you do as well so um, never give up or anything like that, okay? Um, I know that I don't know how many people are actually listening to my podcasts, but I don't really care, you know? I want people to just kind of learn from them or just kind of have that entertainment aspect, I guess, in their daily lives. So um, for me, this is something that I enjoy right now. Um, I hope that it takes off, but if it doesn't, it doesn't. I just will continue doing these for myself because I've mentioned before, I do like to talk. The second lesson are failures are opportunities. I believe everyone should agree with this um, entirely just because it's always that statement of you learn from your mistakes, right? So Ford failed many times before he's finally succeeded. Such a trajectory is incredibly common among entrepreneurs. Human beings tend to downplay their failures, but the truth is that no person is immune to failure, which is a good thing since failures are merely opportunities disguised as negative events. According to Ford, failure is simply the opportunity to begin again, this time more intelligently. In other words, we must take our failures as our teachers. Um, in my life, I've taken um, each relationship that I have that has considerably failed um, into a lesson as to what I need to be doing better for my next one. Um, right now I'm taking everything pretty slow. Um, I'm not really wanting to be in a relationship right now. I'm wanting to just really focus on my son and I. Um, so for me, I'm taking the failures in my relationships and I'm going to make it better for the next one. Um, it could do with how I am, <sighs> like, 
for exist uh, <laughs> existence. For example, I am considered as a pushover. I know that I hate hearing that term for me because it seems like such a negative thing. Um, but for me, I just, I tend to care about others more than myself. And that is one of the problems that I have is that, or that endure during relationships is that I get taken advantage of because of the kindness that I give and, um, the willing, willingly, oh my goodness, I can't speak today, willingness, um, willingness to, um, really make that person happy regardless. Sorry, I'm getting, seasons are changing, it's coming again for me, the, the sickness, so, anyways, um, Lewis says, try not to focus on the emotional disappointment and try to focus on the intellectual, intellectual, intellectual gain. I'm so sorry, guys. Um, so what we did wrong, how might we approach things differently next time, which is exactly what I was just saying of how I learn how to make my next relationship better. I just take what I did in the past and I really try to focus on, um, you know, what is it about me that makes it to where someone doesn't want to stay with me, you know, but, um, that's one of my failures. Another failure of mine is, um, just trying to find the happiness, um, with jobs. You know, I tend to be really intuitive in the beginning and then I tend to get my emotions mixed in a little too much and I don't love it as much anymore. So for me, uh, for this job that I'm currently working, I have really tried to maintain a positive attitude regardless of what's happening. Um, the stress is taking over me and it's absolutely insane and I don't want it to become a failure. So I've learned what I've done in the past. Uh, you know, I, I let my emotions get in the way. So I'm really just trying to be like, okay, careless attitude, yada, 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 but don't be too careless because, um, one of the things that I've also learned is that you really have to um, have that emotional stance of um, positivity and um, engagement with others. So when you're talking with coworkers or anything like that, to make it sound like you're into the, what they're saying, you really have to apply the emotional appeal um, aspect of yourself. Um, I actually care about other people think uh, in that regards. So for me, it works for me because it makes me sound um, like I actually care about what they talk about and it makes them open to talking about more and more and more and that makes it a better environment, a work environment overall for me. Um, but my failures are turning into a little bit better um, successes. So everything's going pretty good so far. All right. Um, don't think that... Um, I'm just blowing smoke because it's kind of um, relative to everyone, right? We all experience this. We all experience failures in relationships and failures in careers and all that. But for me, like I, I graduated college last year and I'm just trying to really apply that major that I worked so very hard on um, to this job that I'm working now. And I don't want it to become a failure. I don't want it to become a job that I hate, you know. Um, other than that, I haven't had any other failures, I believe. 
um, that I can think of at the moment. Like I said, I do these spontaneously. I don't really sit down and think about it any day. <laughs> um, but anyways, failures are simply a form of feedback. If we fail to listen and keep repeating ourselves, then we are truly doomed to failure. I completely agree with this. You know, you want to continue making um, better choices by learning from your failures. And that way, so you're never stuck. Lesson number three is be as strong behind the scenes as you are anywhere else. So we have those people who talk a big game, you know. I know a couple people who do, I, I say to their faces, talk is cheap, you know, that is my go-to saying, because it seems like a lot of people talk a big game, but they never actually do what they're saying, um, I don't know if it's out of fear, I don't know if it's because they're used to being the quote big dog or anything like that, but I know a couple people who are this way, so, um, We've all run into those people, uh, as Luis has said, um, we label them as all talk and eventually tend not to, not to take them very seriously. But Henry Ford says that quality means doing it right when no one is looking. So in other words, don't exist to impress. Engage with the process, attend to the details, exercise impeccable judgment down to the tiniest aspect of whatever it is that you're involved in. For even if people don't see it, they will feel it, such as my podcasts. You know, even if I don't know the individuals who are listening, um, who are taking in what I'm saying, as long as I know that I'm doing it for myself, that um, I know that I've had some interactions with some individuals who've actually listened to my podcast. As long as I'm continuously having some feedback and everything, then I will feel more um, important or compelled to continue to making these podcasts. Um, but you just don't say certain things and don't act on them. For me, my podcasts are all about lessons and um, experiences, you know, so forth that everyone else tries to do. Except a lot of people want to do like motivational speeches and quotes, and but you don't ever really get to hear or see uh, what they actually go through in life. I'm not only doing these podcasts, I have two blogs, I have a YouTube channel, um, I, I try to be as active on my social media as possible. So for me, I try to get you really involved in my life because, I mean, what do I have to lose? You know, I'm not saying where I work. I'm not saying where I live. I say I live, I do live in the state of Indiana. That is the only thing that I will tell you. Um, I, I'm very aware of those who, um, take information online or anywhere else and turn it to a negative thing and they, they steal, they steal your identity, yada, yada, yada. So I'm very protective over the information that I give. You know, but at the same time, I want to show you how I live and uh, show you that life is not perfect. It can't just be all about motivational quotes. And even if I were to give a motivational quote, am I applying that to my life? That's my point. That is how I want others to see me, that I talk real talk and I don't, I'm not all talk, you know? So, um, and in the end, per Ford's wisdom, 
It doesn't matter what people think. It only matters how well they are served, which is completely true. You know, if people are telling me that I'm doing a good job, that I want to continue doing something for them. I've always been a giver more than um, wanting, expecting anything in return. That's just who I am. I will continue to most likely be that way because I'm more comfortable in my skin like that. Fourth lesson, don't be a show off. I can't stand people who show off. I don't know about you guys, but they are the rudest individuals ever. Um, so Ford was known to be outwardly modest and dress in informal clothes. One day his secretary asked him why he didn't dress up more. Ford scoffed at such a notion, explaining to her that everyone already knew who Henry Ford was, so he wasn't required to underline that fact. Later on, during a world tour, Ford found himself in foreign lands, where no one could recognize him on sight. As such, his secretary again suggested less modest clothing. His answer, he didn't want to be bothered dressing up for people who didn't know that he was Henry Ford to begin with. So he wasn't going to play himself up for anyone. If they didn't know him, he wasn't about to shine a spotlight on himself. I love this example because for me, like, for my job especially, I present that I know how to dress to impress. I know how to dress professional. But at the same time, I also have dressed in yoga clothes. I've dressed in just um, a dress-down attire of jeans and a t-shirt. So a casual look. I've, I've dressed in many different shapes and forms, but that's who I am. They know that I'm working out and trying to be a lot healthier, that I'm trying to, um, you know, make my body look better. You know, I, I have, I'm young. I'm, I, you know, that's what I'm going to be doing. And for me, like dressing up every day, wearing heels and stuff is not something that I want to keep doing, but I know how to do it. And if my boss had a problem with it, then I would continue dressing like that if that's what he wanted. But there have been no complaints, and I just don't feel the need to continue dressing up like that if, you know, there's nothing to do. But see, the thing is, is it depends on the day, too. Like, if I have an important meeting with someone else from another state or anything like that in person, then yes, I'll dress to impress, you know. But I'm not trying to impress others around me. I just want to feel... Um, comfortable in my clothing and people know who I am just like Henry Ford did he you know he dressed the way that he always did because that's him you know he didn't need to uh, make others think that he was someone else so don't be a, a walking advertisement for yourself while having nothing or little to offer exist in service to your customers and clients for they are the ones that truly matter and the ones that pay the bills i love that i love that quote um just because it it, it makes sense if you're wanting someone so uh to be someone who um wants to create invent uh pursue a career that you know you only want to tend to those that really care about what you're doing you know, those around you that kind of look at you, that are exploring, sure, you want to gain their attention, but don't put all of your hard-earned money and work into making them, 
you know, try to come on your side of things or believe what you're doing because you already, you need to focus on the ones who are already believing in you. Okay. Last but not least, the fifth lesson is don't only be the one, don't only be in the business of making money. Sorry. Um, According to Ford, a business that makes nothing but money is a poor business. Okay. So um, we all hear about those scams, you know, the government calls and all that. I especially, I get those so many times a day. I swear to God, people, I'm about to, I, no matter how many times I block a number, it just seems like they keep figuring out how to call me back through another number. Like, dude, <laughs> I, I'm on the do not call registry. I'm, I'm, it does not matter. So I was working, uh, one of my coworkers told me that her friend actually played it off. Okay. They, they went along with their whole thing in a clever ass way. I'm telling you what. So when they called, they answered the phone. Okay. But they answered the phone as if they were an investigator for a murder. And, um, they were like, so why are you calling? We need you to come in to be a witness to this. Like, they were playing it off really well. Like, I'm sure they, they printed off some questions and stuff to ask that were ready in hand, you know. Because they kept calling, I guess, on the clock, apparently. So, um, I thought that was a clever way of trying to get them to stop. Because they were like, so what, who, why are you in contact with them? Or, um, I was laughing so hard when she's telling saying this, but, uh, uh, I thought that was the best way to scare people off. <laughs> but that, that's um, my whole point is that they prey on people's weaker impulses or worse, their outright urgent needs. So their whole thing is, oh, you've earned $9,300 in grant money from the government and um, we want to help you out. Like they know that people are struggling and $9,300 solve a lot of stuff people I know it would for me but uh I'm not going to be falling for it I've in the past I did fall for a scam I did um for a Microsoft thing um over $200 yeah (laughs) and it just it did I thought my computer was fixed yes 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 and next time they called, you know, I was like, oh my goodness, I just spent money a couple months ago. They're like, oh, that was for a different software. They already had access to my computer at this time. Um, cause I'm like, you need to check on what? Cause they said they just needed to check on, um, how the system was doing and all that. Um, cause I was like, oh yeah, it's been acting up. You know, I, I didn't know. And as they were on my laptop and they started saying, oh, well, you got to pay for this, 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 because, the old software isn't working anymore. I said, I just paid for it a couple months ago. They're like, oh, that's something different. I was trying to get them off of my screen. You know, that remote control thing, I guess. And they wouldn't. It was a fight to get them off the screen. And I was like screaming on the phone, get off my fucking screen. Oh, I was going off. But, um, yeah. <laughs> I fell for a scam. I really did. But I no longer, I learned my lessons, you know, failures are failures. So I failed in that area, apparently. So money accrues to value too. There seems to be a myth out there that money is a province of the greedy and unethical. 
Oftentimes, the opposite is true. So many entrepreneurs achieve financial success because they're playing some essential role in people's lives. As such, money isn't the object of the game. It's merely a natural aspect of each transaction. People do not remember Henry Ford merely as a guy who made lots of money. People remember him for first and foremost as the person who made the assembly line famous and made and sold great cars in the process. That's who I remember him. But, you know, like, to see that there were so many lessons that he taught, it's pretty amazing to think of him as, you know, um, an inspiration as well uh, in that aspect. Um, it, these are pretty good lessons. They're common sense, honestly. But at the same time, if you really focus out, you know, on the, the quotes that he made, and all that to think like that at that, around that time, like, he was a genius. He just was. Um... So, Louise kind of wraps it up saying that it's not like Henry Ford was perfect. He had um, major flaw, uh, the anti-Semitic views, which he mass-distributed through the Dearborn Independent. It was a Detroit Weekly newspaper he bought in 1918. It was so popular, it gained the attention of Adolf Hitler, and um, Hitler actually mentioned Ford as an inspiration in a Detroit news um, paper reporter to a news, uh, Detroit news reporter in 1931. So this created a lot of issues, um, such as like lawsuits and boycotts, etc. And so Ford really felt the pressure of all of that. And he felt the need to actually apologize. So Henry Ford apologized for his anti-Semitic remarks and recanted his views in a public letter. Um, for me, I thought that was a good thing, but at the same time, I thought it kind of contradicted what he was saying with don't care what others think, all of that. Um, but I think that if he didn't do this, then the work that he was trying to get done probably wouldn't have been as uh, accepted. So um, good for him for thinking like that. So despite Ford's major misconceptions and religious prejudice, for which he later apologized and in all likelihood repented, his legacy as an entrepreneur is unbreakable. And I completely agree. Um, he was amazing. And we all should take lessons from them regardless. Um, so that is my podcast. Make sure to follow me on my social media. Uh, I look forward to another one with you guys soon. So stay in tune for that. Okay. All right. Peace.